It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, welcome one and all to week nine. Woo, can't believe it. In the two-point stance, I'm your host, Brian Drake, alongside the managing editor of FantasyPoints.com, Mr. Joe Dolan. You can follow us on the old Twitter machine, Joe's at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Drake Fantasy, but we're here with you, kicking off your weekend. Joe, it's week nine. I swear we were doing draft talk five minutes ago. Now we've, we're back into the bye weeks. You know, we're getting ready for the playoffs. It's really the grind of fantasy right now. It's where... You kind of, it's almost nut cutting time. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to no, look at your absolutely. team and evaluate and say, mm, do I got a shot at making the playoffs? Do I got to make some moves? And, you know, we'll go through game by game, is what we do here on the two point stance, give you some nuggets from all the great articles at fantasypoints.com and, you know, hopefully make you a smarter, more well rounded fantasy player as we head into the weekend. What's going on, Joe? What have you been Yo, doing lately? What's going on, Drake? Nice to be with you. Um, yeah, nut cutting times. I always say it's absolutely down, down, uh, there. I mean, I literally just told you off air, I've, I've started bookmarking recipes for Thanksgiving and what I do. So here's what Thanksgiving is in the Dolan household it's a Thursday where I happen to make nice food. That's what, the, that's <laughs> what Thanksgiving go. is because we don't trap my wife and I don't travel, it's just me, her, and the dogs. and um, but I'm, I'm bookmarking recipes and yeah, that's when, you know, it's getting into the fantasy stretch run. And once again, I, I'm going to remember this next year. I'm not saying there are never exceptions, Drake, but how, how are you feeling right now? Week nine, you know, we're like five weeks away from the fantasy playoffs and you have like a full rack of fab. How are you feeling about that right now? Who out there was worth your fab this week? Leonard Fournette. Yeah. I'm like, woo. You know, have right, fun. Yeah. Like, just, Trey McBride, I, maybe that's it. Yeah, like, but I mean, even those guys you could get for a couple of bucks, you know. So, uh, just, uh, just another reminder next year to say not to be unwise with your fab, but if somebody like I know Kyron Williams is hurt, but if somebody like a Kyron Williams emerges where he's playing 60% of the snaps at running back in week one next year, probably the kind of guy who's worth your fab. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, but uh, we'll we'll remember that next year when we're doing off season two point stance podcasts. There you go. And you guys are going to wake up early on Sunday because there's actually a game worth watching. It's the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs in Frankfurt, Germany. I'm sure the Chiefs are furious that they have to play this game against the Dolphins in this neutral site. I guess they're calling it a Kansas City home game. Uh, I mean, let's be honest, Joe. You start everybody in these matchups. It's mm -hmm. If you got a player on these teams, you start them. I don't know how in-depth we have to go here, uh, but you know, the what I want to see here is can the Miami Dolphins beat a legitimate team in the NFL? Because when they beat when they play the cream puffs, they wipe the floor with the butt. When they play the Eagles, you know, they got handed to them. When they played the Bills, they got beat up. So I want to see if they can come out and handle Kansas City. What are your big takeaways? What are you looking forward to seeing in this one? Well, number one, uh the the Chiefs use Legarius Sneed as a shadow corner. Um, mm -hmm. He's covered six receivers on 50% or more of their routes this season. Um, and he hasn't given up more than 41 yards in his primary coverage to any receiver this year. Um, I think they'll, they'll use him on Tyree kill. Uh, they were insinuating that they also can move him inside, but that's a tough matchup as well, where they have Trent McDuffie. Um, Isaiah Pacheco is what I'm interested in here. Um, the, uh, According to our rush grade, the Chiefs have our third worst rush grade of the entire week. But Pacheco has been reasonably effective despite the Chiefs not opening a ton of lanes for him. He's fifth over the last five weeks with 232 rushing yards after contact. Um, his, his, his playing personality, he will run through a brick wall if he needs to. And that's kind of what he's been doing of late. So Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, by the way added to the injury report today with an illness he is already ruled out he will not play so that illness must be pretty serious um uh at least serious enough that they know it's going to be affecting him um by sunday morning so um keep that in mind isaiah pacheco already had this backfield pretty much to himself but uh certainly something to note here with isaiah pacheco if you want to go over to fantasypoints.com and why wouldn't you and we have this great little tool called the wide receiver cornerback matchup report Okay. And if you look at that, it gives you a 
bunch of information about where guys line up, their targets per route run, fantasy points per route run. The top two receivers this week are in this game. Number one being Tyreek Hill and number two being Rishi Rice. Is Rice someone, Joe, that you know you can put in your lineup as a every week wide receiver three? He's now getting I think there. people people listen to this pod, they, they're always kind of fi- trying to find a nugget, you know. And and I think Rishi Rice with four teams on by, you might have that conversation with yourself. I think he's had back-to-back highest route shares of the season. He is clearly emerging. He is the guy they want um, at the wide receiver. Look, Travis Kelsey is is Patrick Mahomes' guy, but Rice is the guy that they finally, they've been given opportunities to, to people. You can't say they didn't give Sky Moore an opportunity. You can't say they didn't give Tony an opportunity. Those guys fell on their face, and now they're giving Rice an opportunity, and he's actually taken it. And look, he's not... He's not rookie season Odell Beckham, but he's taken the opportunity and he's run with it. He is definitely somebody who is a worthwhile wide receiver three uh, most weeks. Raheem Mostert, DNP on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. Looks like he's going to be good to go. Just monitor that, guys, as we go through the weekend. All right, game number two on the week. Minnesota, they're going up to Atlanta. Boy, uh, here's a couple teams that have had some interesting weeks. We've got two new quarterbacks facing off as your boy HB Heineke welcomes <laughs> Jaron Hall and the Vikings. I doubt Josh Dobbs is up to speed. I don't think he's going to start in this one. Uh, so I think we have to massively downgrade all the Vikings this week. Uh, also, watch Drake London's groin. Uh, that came out wrong, but monitor his status. Didn't practice again today. Our Dr. Edwin yeah. Porras tweeted, since two th- or 2022, only 28% of wide receivers who were DNP on Wednesday due to a groin actually played. So he didn't, didn't practice Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday. Might have a deep league special here with Van Jefferson or Mac Hollins. Uh, but Jefferson played 79% of the snaps in week eight. So before I go on with anything else in this game, Joe, what are you thinking with these two new QBs here? How much are you downgrading all the skill players? Well, I don't know if you could sit Jordan Addison at this point, but Clayton Toon and or Josh Dobbs, I think it's going to be Toon. Uh, don't don't quote me on that. Uh, we are recording this Thursday evening, um, but uh, you have to downgrade them. I think Atlanta is going to follow uh, Jordan Addison with AJ Terrell. He is their their shadow corner now. AJ Terrell has given up a touchdown to the three receivers he shadowed on the highest percentage of their snaps this year. So keep that in mind, but Toon or Dobbs, either a first start for a rookie or Dobbs on a new team, not an ideal circumstance. And you look, HB Heineke, like the thing is, if you're going to put somebody in HB Heineke, that's uh that's my riff on John calling him hospital ball Heineke. I just think it sounds like an oil tycoon. So I think it, uh, <laughs> and, and, and it's kind of caught on a little bit. Like uh, when Heineke I, came in, it. I got, I got a tweet and somebody was like, HB Heineke's in. And the thing about that, though, if you throw hospital balls, at least you're throwing it to the receivers, right? I don't know how Terry McLaurin's still walking after playing a couple of years with HB Heineke, but you already saw he put Drake London in the H. Um, and <laughs> will he give Kyle Pitts an opportunity to catch footballs? That's what I want to see with HB Heineke. I know I've got a league where I, I have a real dire situation at tight end. John U. Smith has kind of fallen off a little bit, but if Drake London's not going to play, uh, I think I'm going to go back to the well. Could be a sneaky DFS play too uh, with with John U. Right, let's talk about Bijan Robinson here. He doesn't have 20 PPR points since week three, and he hasn't topped 15 points since week four. So I'm a Bijan owner. Trust me, folks, I'm with you. This timeshare is frustrating. So obviously, though, we're going to keep rolling them out because you kind of have to. Let me ask you this, though, Mr. Dolan. If you get a solid game from Bijan, would you maybe want to try to trade him before your deadline to get out from this Arthur Smith nonsense? Well, this is the this is the thing, though. I want to see how Heineke plays because if this offense is like, oh, they're actually throwing it to their good players and they're actually like there's opportunities here then I'm, I might want to hold Bijan because there is a huge change in that offense if Heineke unlocks Bijan, right? There, or if he unlocks this offense. But here is here is why they bench Desmond Ritter, okay? He was pressured on 33% of his dropbacks last week uh, against the Packers. Okay, that's that's not low, but it's also not like high. You know, it's it's kind of, it's a decent number, good good number for the Packers, but not like, oh my God, Cowboys against Daniel Jones number, but he was sacked on 83% of dropbacks on which he was pressured. So basically when he was pressured, he was getting sacked. That is the highest single game total 
in any game, a uh, uh, single game rate in any game started by a quarterback this year. So Arth that was a sacks or a quarterback stat stat right there. Um, I think Arthur Smith was frustrated with him holding on to the football, and I think that's why he he is benching him for H.B. Heineke. And we'll see if Heineke can at least drop back, get the ball to their good players. It Look, if Drake London doesn't play, wheels up for Kyle Pitts, I guess, but who knows if they'll get Kadaryl Hodge more involved. Go out of your way on Twitter and find Kurt Warner's Twitter account because on Thursday, I believe it was, he put out a great tweet. It's a five-minute video breakdown of coaches film talking about the Atlanta Falcons offense. And he just shows how dysfunctional it is where there's just free runners at the quarterback, every play, every route, the guys are running 25 yards down the field and they're all grouped together. It's phenomenal. Warner does a really good job there. So it's kind of a, uh, you know, a call out on Arthur Smith. And uh, I, I just, I'm at the it. point Drake where I, when, when I see a FedEx truck in my neighborhood, I get a visceral reaction. It's like, <laughs> it's bad at this point with farty Arty Smith, man. Oh, he's the worst. Uh, how about Seattle? This is going to be a really good game. I'm excited to watch this. The Seattle Seahawks travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens in a 1 p.m. Eastern start. What's gotten into our boy Gus Edwards? Back-to-back -back top six PPR finishes, thanks to his ability to find the end zone. Now, he's still only playing about half the Ravens snaps, and for most weeks, it's a zero in the pass game unless he gets a fluke 80-yard touchdown, and he's kind of game script dependent. I don't think this week is the game script, though, that we're going to look for with Gus Edwards because they could be trailing in this or it could be a kind of a slog. I don't know. What do you think with uh, our old Gus bus? Here is the thing with Gus Edwards that I think you have to notice. A and you have to play narrative street a little bit. I don't know how narrative driven John Harbaugh will be, but let's look at the facts. Gus Edwards has punched in like four touchdowns at the goal line in the last two games. and. How often have we seen, and we saw it with Jamal Williams last year, right? How often have we seen coaches just be like, well, all right, that's what he does. And he's the goal line back. And mm -hmm. he's going to get. So if the Ravens are down there inside the five-yard line, I think everything Gus Edwards has done the last couple of weeks indicates they're going to give him the football. So you understand, like, do I consider him a must play? No. But. Like there was probably points by like week six last year where I'm like, ah, no, Jamal Williams isn't a must play. He's a fluke touchdown guy. And then he ends up scoring like 18 touchdowns. I'm not saying Gus Edwards is going to lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns. He's got a long way to go for that. But I wonder if that's just kind of what he does. So if you plug him in, it's not necessarily game script. It's more, does a Raven receiver get tackled inside the five yard line? Because just like with, with, the, with the Lions last year, if that happens, then... Gus Edwards is going to get the football. We That's know Ravens receivers don't score. Trust me, as a Zay Flowers owner, they don't. And by uh, the way, this is a good offense, too. So this isn't like Brian, well, Brian Robinson, you know, like this isn't this isn't Damian Pierce, like, oh God, if they fall behind, you're screwed. This is a Ravens <laughs> offense that is good and has an MVP candidate playing quarterback. So mm -hmm. I think Gus Edwards is like a weekly running back low end RB2 high end flex with touchdown uh with 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 certainly with touchdown dependency he doesn't catch the ball very much at all but i think it's an offense that's going to score a lot of touchdowns so i'm fine having that guy in my lineup i put out a tweet early thursday about going out and trading for dk metcalf uh my reasons were simple uh he hasn't scored so you're going to see some positive touchdown regression 23 targets over the last two games. Week six and eight, those are the last two games he played. He had air yard percentages of 39% and 57% and a targets per route run of 21 and 41, okay? Now, he doesn't have a top 15 week in PPR this year, but 14 targets a week ago, 23 of them over the last two games. Like you said, this is a tough, tough matchup for him. But I kind of like going out and acquiring him, especially if he duds out in this game. Listen to this playoff schedule, Joe. Philadelphia, Tennessee, Pittsburgh. All of them are top six in points allowed to wide receivers. Go out and buy some DK Metcalf. Pretty good. I like hearing that, dude. Yeah, good, good. Good nugget there, Drake. And uh, obviously, Tyler Lockett's been a little dinged up. Uh, Smith and Jigba's starting to come on a little bit, but DK's still the alpha there. 
What about the Zach Charbonnet stuff? He outsnapped Ken Walker last week, 31-24. I don't necessarily think there's any kind of changing of the guard here, but you know, maybe Pete Carroll just wants to get him involved. Like, damn, we spent a second-round pick on this kid. We might as well use him. I sure don't think Pete thinks that way. Um, here is what I would think the, the, the situation is. Kenneth Walker missed two practices last week with a calf injury. He got taken off the injury report. He's not on the injury report this week. I, I, I'll, I'll let Occam's razor explain that. He was a little bit dinged up, and now he's not. That's the way I feel about it right now. So I think that's obviously – I'm not scared if I have Kenneth Walker. Do, does that mean maybe mean Charbonnet should be – Charbonnet should be rostered everywhere anyway because he's got – I can't imagine there's one or two better handcuffs in fantasy football than Zach Charbonnet. He's probably the best. Uh, and maybe he does get an independent role, but I'm not, I'm not concerned about uh, Kenneth Walker at all. My son, who this is his first year playing fantasy football, he's 11 years old. His first ever team that he drafted, I let him draft the team. He took Jalen Hurts in the first round, Derrick Henry in the second round. He's 8-0. I got a notice on my phone at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon from school, the kids adding and dropping players. Picked up Zach Charbonnet off the free agent move. Like, kid, go to math class. What are you doing? But yeah, hey, he's eight no. Yeah. Hey, like at least he's having some success in something, Drake. So uh, he, he goes, Dad, I feel bad. You've been doing this a long time and you don't have any eight no teams. Don't don't worry about your old dad, all right? Oh, how about the Arizona Cardinals? They got a lot of things coming and going there in Arizona. They're at the Cleveland Browns, one o'clock start. So Clayton Toon or Kyler Murray, we'll see. It looks like I would say uh, we're probably going to get tuned here, uh, but we'll see. Either way, you know, the fantasy world, we want a repeat performance of rookie Trey McBride. Last week, 88% of the team dropbacks he ran a route on, 14 targets, which our boy Scott Barrett noted was the most of any tight end in a game this year. Yeah. Also, 37.8% target share, which, again, highest of any tight end this year. What are your thoughts on McBride going forward? And I'll tell you a move that I made uh, around McBride. You tell me if you think it was smart or not. Okay. I had Dallas Goddard in a league, traded Dallas Goddard away because I had McBride. And I got Jerry Judy back in the trade because I needed a little help at wide receiver. And I can flip him and anyways down the road. But McBride in that offense or Dallas Goddard. Here's the caveat. I go to the waiver wire. I look and I go, Gerald Everett sitting out there, uh, a bunch yeah. of other guys. They're all in the same ballpark. Jake Ferguson. You can find that same guy on your waiver wire. So it's like, am I really losing out on that much? No. I don't know if I love getting Judy um, in the trade. But other than that, I think it's a sound process, Drake. Um, I, I, I don't love getting Judy. But, yeah, McBride might be their number one receiver the rest of the year. Why not? I mean, mm -hmm. we'll see about the, – the thing about this game, though, is we don't know who's really going to play quarterback for either team at this point, right? I, I think think it's going to be Toon and P.J. Walker. Deshaun Watson, very wishy-washy on Thursday with his comments again. Um, but this could end up being, uh, oh, Kyler's playing against Deshaun? Okay, this game has a lot more intrigue than I thought. But Meanwhile, it's more it's likely an XFL game be, right now. Yeah, more likely it's going to be an XFL game. Uh, Amari Di Mercado also questionable with a toe injury. Um, I think the guy they use Keontae Ingram on passing downs. So if you need a, a running back this week, I think Keontae Ingram is probably a valid pickup. I'm talking low, low end. But if Amari Di Mercado doesn't play, I think Ingram will have a, a much bigger role. Great nugget there. I had that marked down. Arizona, they're the second best against the tight end, so it might be a down day for David and Joku. Uh, it should be a field day, though, for the Browns wide receivers. Arizona allows the fourth most yards per game to opposing wide receivers, so fire up our boy. Uh, Cedric Cooper. Tillman, by the way, in a deeper league. Deeper league, I mean. Uh, maybe worth a pickup after they traded away Donovan Peoples-Jones. Hmm. The L.A. Rams, they head up to Lambeau to face the Packers in a 1 o'clock start. Matthew Stafford didn't practice Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday. Let me fill you in, folks. He ain't going to play. Uh, I'm no magician or a medical guy here. It, it ain't looking good for Stafford. So it could be Brett Rippin time. Major downgrades, though, for Puka, for Cup. I guess you still roll them out in your lineups because what else are you going to do? Puka went three for 43 last week. Cup cooled off considerably since his return. I mean, what do you do with these guys, Joe? I mean, you put them on the trade block, you're going to get 
pennies on the dollar for him at this point. Everybody knows what's going on. Yeah, no, you, you hold them and hope Matthew Stafford plays coming out of the bye. That's what you do, right? Like, you can't just be like, oh, my God, and panic sell. You just got it. Mm-hmm. You got to hold them. And and maybe, hey, look, maybe Brett Rippon is competent enough to get his two good receivers the football. That's another thing you can hope for. Um, I'm also slightly, slightly encouraged by the fact that they didn't put Stafford on IR, which means they might think this is a two-week thing that after the bye will clear up. I don't expect them to play. I think this could be a nasty spot for the Rams. But, yeah, that that is the concern I have. Uh, but I just don't think you can trade these guys. Like you're not going to get commensurate value for Cooper cup. You're just not going to get it. I'd assume we're going to get a lot of Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman. These guys are like low end flexes. And our guy, Tom Brawley pointed out that the Packers are giving up the seventh most rushing yards per game to running backs. Even though last week they limited Madison and acres to 50 yards and a touchdown. That's Madison and acres though. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess, I I, I guess this is Freeman and and Henderson, but still, (laughs) Yeah, it's not exactly a murderer's row here of running backs. But if you have to play Henderson or Freeman, uh, maybe it's your RB2. I mean, maybe you think I'll get 10 points out of these guys. Are, do you have any confidence putting them in your lineup at all? Or would you rather look elsewhere? Um, I, I think I prefer Henderson just because I, I feel like they trust him more on third downs. But Freeman, of course, got the goal line carry last week. Eh, yeah, they're flexes. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I think they're going to try to run the ball if they have if they have ripping in there, but that that's about it for me. You know who they're both better than right now? Aaron freaking Jones. Oh. Dude looks like he's 50 out there. Always if he would just hamstring. Dylan carried the load the last two weeks, but he's not setting the world on fire. Tough matchup as the Rams give up the fifth fewest points to running backs. What do you, if you got Aaron Jones on your squad? I mean, what the hell are we doing? Um, he's they can't run the football. They, I think that's part of the reason that Jordan Love has struggled. He's he's gotten older, and they're trying to mix in AJ Dillon, and now all of a sudden the weather's getting colder, and that's Dillon weather. Dillon is the uh, 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 Tom Brawley says uh, that John Han- We probably adapted this from John too, but AJ Dillon is the snow tires of that offense. You just put them on when the weather <laughs> gets colder. Um, can I point out something that's very concerning to me? Uh oh, what Bay. is it? their offensive line's been really good? Okay. Here's the problem. Jordan Love, among quarterbacks with 100 or more dropbacks, only Kenny Pickett has a lower completion percentage over expected when kept clean, so no pressure. His seven interceptions from a clean pocket are the most in the NFL. His 6.28 yards per attempt from a clean pocket, third lowest in the NFL. And his 61.3% completion percentage is second lowest in the NFL. There's a lot going on here, Dre, that isn't Jordan Love's fault. But the fact that he is consistently underperforming from a clean pocket is a major concern. I stole this from Scott Barrett's Everything Report. It just piggybacks on what you said. Love ranks bottom five in accurate throw rate, catchable throw rate, and an off-target throw rate on all throws going more than five yards down the field. I saw Christian Watson today. He uh, came out with a uh, – we're recording this on Thursday – and he had some quote about, like, I just hope when the ball's in the air, it's like a miracle if I make a play now. Like, he seems like a guy who his confidence is kind of shot. You know, like, this is not what I want to hear out of a guy in Christian Watson who last year set fantasy on fire. So I don't know if I'm buying low on Watson or, or what, but oof, light a candle, say a prayer. Yeah, Tampa- I, look, I think Jordan Love is, is is struggling, and I think the receivers are contributing to his struggle. Sorry, Drake. Uh, that was a uh, yeah. I stepped on your toes there, but I apologize. Don't don't worry about it here. The Bucks going to Houston to take on the Texans. Damian Pierce didn't practice Wednesday. Didn't practice Thursday. Looking more and more like we're going to see Devin Singletary as the all-out starter here. Uh, uh, Singletary's out snapped him, fifty-five to forty-five. And he had one more opportunity. Scott Barrett, Joe, is saying Pierce is droppable in shallow leagues. If he doesn't play this week, are you willing to drop Damian Pierce? Yes, in a shallow league, yes. Look, uh, two we- last week on the show, we mentioned Devin Singletary could be taking this backfield over. Here was the problem. They worked in Mike Boone. And now all of a sudden, you've got three running backs in a backfield that hasn't been productive. But if Damian Pierce doesn't play, and this is the opportunity for Singletary, and Singletary shows out, he very well could end up taking over this backfield. So those Singletary shares, not dead yet. They got some life in them. Yeah, no question about it. Hopefully we get a bounce back week from Nico Collins. I know he let a lot of folks down out there. 
Tank Dell. And really, with the Bucks, I mean, it kind of is what it is. They're going to dump the ball off to Rashad White a ton. He's not going to run for many yards, but if you're in a PPR league, you're going to take it and be happy. And, you know, the two receivers are the two receivers. That's the offense. I don't know. You don't need a huge breakdown from us on Tampa Bay. They have no quarterback, and their line's real shaky. Um, yeah, Tampa Bay, by the way, is using Rashad White as an extension of the run game uh, in the passing game. That's their that's virtually their run game right now. They have tried everything to get the run game going, including working in Chase Edmonds and Keyshawn Vaughn and your boy Sean Tucker. None of those guys have even approached Rashad White in the which and Rashad White's been very inefficient on the ground, but none of those guys have even approached White, which is showing that he's the best back here. They don't have any any better options, but they're using him in kind of the screen game, the quick pass game to get easy yards, and he is good at that. So that's a role that I've liked that he's had the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no question about it. They're, if you're a full PPR league, Rashad White's getting the job done for you. It might be a guy you're looking to acquire uh, since nobody behind him is really looking to push him. The Commanders, they're going to go play the Patriots. Uh, another, There's a million one o'clock games this week. Jeez Louise. Washington, Joe, they traded away two of their D-line studs. Their secondary already stinks. So translation, rest of season, you're going to get a lot of points in these Commanders games. Shootout City. Uh, maybe not this yeah. week going against the Patriots, but as you look down the road, uh, you know, just let's talk about the trade uh, trades off the bat. You lose Montez Sweat. And they also then lose Chase Young. I mean, we're not here to break down the deals, you know, whatever the commanders want to do with the yeah. Bears. But I mean, this just opens it up. They're going to be throwing a football all over the place. I would much prefer them to have done that the week before they played an actual offense um, because the commanders pass rush. Is, I mean, it's been solid. It's been it hasn't been elite, but it's been solid. But they literally just traded away two players who are top 13 in the NFL in total pressures. And they're gone. They're just gone. Mm -hmm. So who's who's gonna Casey Tuhill? What are they gonna do? Sign Bruce Smith again? Like that's not gonna happen. Like Mac Jones is gonna should in theory have a lot of time to throw in this game. Now that's not gonna matter because Kendrick Bourne's out. Um pop we'll we'll talk about Pop Douglas, but yeah. I mean, against a better offense, I would really, I would be betting the over. It's it's tough here uh, in this one, though, after after those trades. But there is a, I mean, that is a huge loss from a personnel standpoint for the Commanders. Yeah, maybe if Jahan Dotson's out there on your waiver wire, you scoop him up because they're going to be throwing a ton. Logan Thomas, if you need a, a tight end, I know that uh, Samuel missed some time. He might not play this week, so that could open up a few more targets. Flipping over to the Pats, this offense sucks. You guys know if you're listening to this. See, the dog, the dog knows. Yeah, I, we, talk, we talk Patriots offense. The dog runs out of the room. My wife just got my wife just got home, so I'm sure that I'm sure they're freaking out. I apologize. I didn't catch it. Um, yeah, sorry, Drew. Yeah, so Pop Douglas, he was the name on the waiver wire this week. Uh, sixth rounder out of Liberty. And, you know, you don't draft six rounders thinking they're going to be immediate contributors, but because of injuries and old age, that's caught up to the Pats. I kind of like this kid, though, Joe. Over the last two weeks, he's run 76 and 84% of the team routes. Those numbers are encouraging. But his A dot last week, a microscopic 2.33. That's like a handoff right here. Uh, let's see if we can get that a little higher up there. Uh, you know, Billy Belichick. What do you this think about this guy, though? I, I, he can he can run, and they don't have anybody who can run. Now, unfortunately, with Mac Jones, the problem is without Kendrick Bourne, he's been kind of useless, and that, that's unfortunate. Um, so, so, I mean, I think you have to pick up Pop Douglas. I, I like him. Um, I like the fact that he gives them an element that nobody else gives them, and maybe he becomes a volume receiver. I just don't know how functional this offense is going to be. Yeah, it's, it's tough trying to rely on guys. I know sometimes you get – one of these players off the waiver wire and you're like, yeah, I've got the number one receiver on this team. And you're like, well, yeah, it's a team that can't throw the football. And you know, the guy runs two yards down the field. Let's move on. Bears saints, Derek Carr. He's a hot waiver wire ad because of all the buys and injuries. He's going to face a bears D over the last four weeks that have allowed the fewest rushing yards in the NFL and the lowest amount of fantasy points to opposing runners. Only 18 fantasy points over the last four games. You know why? Because they give up the second most receptions, the fourth most receiving yards, and the fourth most passing touchdowns. Again, that's all per fantasy points data. So you can throw on the Bears all day long. Can Derek Carr get it done? Can Chris Alave 
get back in the good graces of fantasy owners out there. And will Elvin Kamara catch another 400 passes on the back? Yeah. So the bears defense where you said they've been very good in, in um, the run game, Montez sweat, actually who they traded for at the trade deadline, also a good run defender in addition to a good um, pass rusher. Um, here, the Montez Sweat thing's interesting. I think you can very easily argue the merits of Ryan Poles, Drake, trading what is likely to be another high second-round pick at the deadline um, the year after trading one for Chase Claypool. Um, by the way, Montez Sweat comes out today and says, I'm not ready to sign an extension. That trade will be a disaster if he doesn't sign an extension. Wouldn't um, you work that out ahead of time? Well, if you he said he's not ready. Bears. Like, I think... Did the Bears just try to like trade for it and try to get a hometown discount, even though the guys never played there? Um, and like, oh, Sounds we're gonna right. beat them to the market. Like, I guess they think they can maybe franchise them, but you also feel like they're probably angling to franchise Jalen Johnson, who they also didn't trade at the deadline. So I, I'm not really sure what the thinking is here. They did need a pass rusher. Don't get me wrong. And by the way, the Saints feature our number one pass grade, which is our trench metric for offensive line versus defensive line. They feature our number one pass grade of the week. It, of course, does not keep into account, uh, take into account Montez Sweat. He has one of the NFL's quickest triggers at 2.43 seconds, does Derek Carr, which also contributes to that. Um, but it definitely feels like Alvin Kamara is going to have to get his production in the passing game in this one as opposed to on the ground. I mean, everybody's talking about Chris Olave. Any any pot I put on, people are like, what's wrong with Olave and blah, blah, blah. And if I'm looking at his PPR numbers, all right, 9, 12, 16, 9. He had one real bad week in, in week four. But, other than, I mean, he, it's not like the bottom has fallen out and he's giving you zeros out there. You know, I think people just a, expect him to catch 60-yard bombs every week like Rashid Shaheed. He had a he had a pass go off his freaking face last week, okay? Yeah. And if a pass goes off your head, it's always going to look bad, especially when you've been disappointing and not scoring touchdowns for fantasy. Now he's got a, he's got a breakout game coming, and it might well be this week. Um, uh, with 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 a positive passing matchup for the New Orleans Saints. I got a feeling we're going to see some fireworks in Charlotte this week when the fighting Gardner Minshews come to town. Colts. Carolina Panthers 405 start. This is from our guy Chris Wecht in his five stats to know article. Bryce Young threw on his first read at the highest rate of the season and his catchable throw rate of 87% would have been the 16th highest mark in a single week for any quarterback this season. So could this increased confidence be from the new OC, Thomas Brown? Maybe he's kind of in Young's ear. Maybe we're seeing a little more Jonathan Mingo. I mean, you've always been a Bryce Young guy, uh, or at least you're saying he's going to be good right now. Yeah. Is this, is are we turning a corner here? Was it just well, kind of rookie shell shock? One of the things I loved about Bryce Young was how good a processor he was, how good a pocket mover he was. But, but I almost wonder if the Panthers were like, hey, like, you're a good processor, so we're going to put more on your plate than, you know, maybe the average rookie. And, he was also like, hey, guys, I'm playing behind a kind of leaky offensive line, and I don't have any receivers who aren't Adam Thielen, and we can't run the football at all, so I am going to need some help. And I wonder if Thomas Brown over the bye came in with the kiss principle, Drake. Keep it simple, yeah. stupid. Um, Maybe. And, and they just decided to throw the ball to their primary reads, which is getting him in rhythm and allowing him to make plays. And get, the comfort level is so important for um, – for for Bryce Young and allow him to open up and start making some of those second reaction plays, moving through his progressions the way we saw at Alabama. Here is the most interesting matchup of this game for me, though. I never call a slot corner situation a shadow situation, but Kenny Moore, uh, the Colts slot corner, is really good, and that's where Adam Thielen runs like 70% of his routes inside. Um, he's given up the 10th fewest fantasy points per coverage snap among any defender who's a primary slot corner. So Kenny Moore's been getting it done in the slot against Thielen. That's going to be an interesting chess match. And I wonder if Jonathan Mingo, who played nearly every snap last week, is going to mm. continue to be a more important player in this matchup against Indianapolis, who has been, by the way, for the last month, one of the NFL's dead nuts over teams. They're, they, they're in track meets every week. They run at a high pace, and they score a lot of points, and their opponents score a lot of points. <laughs> their defense stinks. We got to talk about this 
Panthers backfield. Chuba Hubbard, has he taken over this job from Miles Sanders, who, by the way, they gave a contract making him the sixth highest running back in the league, and maybe now he's droppable. In week eight, Chuba had 15 of the 20 carries, and he had a couple of targets. Colts are giving up the fifth most points per game and the second most rushing touchdowns per game to running backs. I mean, is Sanders not healthy? Is he just not good? I mean, are they just saying, Chuba, you're the guy? I think Miles Sanders is really struggling behind a line that doesn't block very well because Miles Sanders has never had an offensive line that didn't block very well in the NFL. Um, And Carolina's hasn't been very good. Philadelphia's obviously is elite. And Chuba Hubbard's like, "Hey, hey, dude, I'm comfortable here. You know, it's like if you go to it's like if you go to a dive bar, like my Miles Sanders is used to going to cocktail lounges, you know. He's he's sitting there sipping on his old fashioned while wearing a, a tuxedo, and Chuba Hubbard's wearing flannel at the bar down the street. Every now and again, somebody gets shot there, you know. But Chuba's comfortable there. Like he's just like, ah, you know, that's that's Bob. You know, he had a couple too many, shot somebody in the toe. Ah, it's all right. That's what that's what this backfield is right now. Miles Sanders is used to a cocktail lounge. Chuba Hubbard's fine with the dive bar. He's he's in his element here. Uh, we're gonna start calling him uh, Chuba Old Milwaukee Hubbard, or uh, PBR Tall Boy Chuba Hubbard. Oh, they uh, they serve PBR at bougie bars now, Drake. Oh, okay. Well, I just went out and bought like I think it's more. I think it's more like pack. Gansett, um, Gansett or uh, well, Jenny Cream Ale, which I hey, I whoa, have whoa, never. Whoa. Upstate New Yorker here, Jenny Cream Ale. I have never had Jenny Cream Ale. I've had Jenny Light. I've never had Jenny Cream Ale, and the only reason is Jenny Cream Ale is the only beer. Tom Brawley said he ever threw away a case of. And <laughs> let me tell you how bad you beer's got to be. Let me tell you how bad beer's got to be for Tom Brawley to throw a case of it away. So I'm going to uh, send you guys some. They they brew it right down the street from the Genesee River in Rochester. I'm going to send you guys some here. It, it may become the official beer of the two points. Oh, I'm scared to try it, dude. And like there was like. There was one of the, the Jenny uh, screamers when you're uh, when you're done drinking it next morning. There was one of those, and 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 I'm I'm the kind of guy who, by the way, um, went the, my uh, my next door neighbors had friendsgiving uh, last year, and they had this this elaborate like cooler of craft beers, and I'm digging through there, and all of a sudden I see a natty light, and I'm all like right. Harrison Ford in the Last Crusade, and I'm like, that's the beer of a commoner. And I took that thing out, and that's the one I drank. So, um, uh, but but I, I refuse to try, or I at least am scared to death to try Jenny Cream Ale. Oh, we'll, we'll do a full full report on a future two point stance here. Uh, Colts, their backfield usage is maddening. So Jonathan Taylor, he's rolling last week. Looks like the old JT, nearly a hundred yards in the first half. Here comes the second half. The Colts put him on ice. Zach Moles Moss, who enters the game with like two different injuries, ends up outscoring him. Now I'm at the point where I'm just like, screw it. I'll just start both guys. I don't even care. You know what? I don't need any other running backs. I'm just starting both Colts guys. But I think we got to temper expectations with JT at this point. They're yeah, not going away um, from Moss. Well, well, yeah, they're not going to, and there's no reason for them to. They've invested in Jonathan Taylor, and this season is not the Colts aren't winning the Super Bowl, okay? They might sneak into the playoffs if Minshew gets hot. They're in a bad division, but they're not going to the Super Bowl. And Jonathan Taylor's getting paid for the future now. So, I like, I, unfortunately, that's the way you got to do it. He's still a great player. You know, I thought he was going to break the slate last week when he busted off that long run in the in the first quarter. Didn't happen. Um, and, look, uh, there I, he was asked about a play where it looked like he kind of was, was uncomfortable and he laughed it off. He's not on the injury report. But mm-hmm. this is kind of like almost like the – a lowercase version of the old Arian Foster, Ben Tate. You just got to start both guys. And w- at one point you're going to get burned, but certainly um, Zach Moss is not going away in this offense right now. Uh, last point on this game, the number 11 wide receiver in PPR over the last, uh, what was this, four weeks, weeks five, six, seven, and eight, Josh Downs. This kid is just making plays every single week. They're throwing him the rock. I bet he's still sitting on guys' benches out there across America. Go mm-hmm. out and make a trade for Joshua Downs. I think he's a. I think he's dealing with a little bit of a knee injury this week. He got added to the report on Thursday. Mm. That's always never a good sign. So keep an eye on that when the Friday reports come out today, folks. 
How about two absolute dumpster fires? The Giants visit the Raiders. Raiders just fired their head coach, their GM, and their offensive coordinator. They basically fired Jimmy Garoppolo also. is Aiden O'Connell's going to get the start for them. New York coming off one of the ugliest offensive performances I've ever seen, but we're going to get Danny Dimes returning. Darren Waller, his hammy flared up. That's an annual tradition like uh, none other, so he's gone. This game is a Taco Bell bathroom at 4 a.m. on a Saturday. Like, it, what are we doing talk here? about this game. Like, uh, it, it's brutal. Darren Waller's out, like you said. Um, the Raiders. And the, my, my guy, Marcus Mosher, um, who, who obviously uh, covers the Cowboys, also does some work on the Raiders, so he's intimately familiar with this. He noticed the Giants are such a mess that the day after the Raiders benched Garoppolo and fired their entire s- support structure, the, the, the Raiders were still favored in this game. Like unbelievable, oh and that tells you what the faith is in the Giants right now. I don't, I don't know how you can play a single. I'm not. I don't know how you can't play a single Giant not named Saquon. There's, yeah. there's nothing to discuss here otherwise. You know, like, like what are you gonna do? And at the very least, I expect Aiden O'Connell to pepper Devontae Adams, don't you? I mean, he did the last time he played. Yeah. If you want to go buy low on. Devontae Adams, after the month he's had, I think there's an opportunity right now. People might think, ah, the Raiders are done. They're packing it in. It's worth the call to the Devontae Adams owner in your league. No question. The two best plays in this league or in this game, the defenses. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, look, this is one of those. I I said it on Twitter. I was like, when they they said they weren't going to trade Devontae Adams or Josh Jacobs, I said, you got to get one of those, like, FBI or ex-military like hostage negotiators that are always in heist films. You know how like in heist films, like they they take you know they're they're robbing the bank. They hold all the they hold all the people who are in it as hostages, and they always call in some expert to like negotiate the. That's what they need to do for like not just Devonte Adams and Josh Jacobs, but for Saquon Barkley. Like I feel so awful for these people. <laughs> like I mean, at least Devonte Adams had a chance to play with a Hall of Fame quarterback at some point. But good lord. I mean, oh, this is brutal. Our guy Scott Barrett had this phenomenal stat on Saquon. So Saquon, uh, last week, he saw, all right, since his return from injury, he's been averaging 28 and a half carries, four and a half targets per game. That's awesome. So last week, Barkley was the first running back in NFL history to earn greater than a 35% target share and see more than 35 carries in one game. He scored 15.8 PPR points. It's zero the, ne- the next closest back ever to have those touch numbers was Ladanian Tomlinson in uh, 20, uh, I think it was 2002. 37 carries, 34% target share. He had 56 fantasy points off that usage. That's how bad the Giants offense is. Get, uh, we have spent way too much time on this yes, game. Enough. <laughs> on to the best game of the weekend. The Cowboys come to the link to take on the Eagles. Now, Tony Pollard, he ranked last year first, second, and 18th in yards after contact per touch, explosive play rate, uh, missed tackles forced this year, 28th, 20th, and 33rd. I know I spit a lot of stats at you. It's just to say he ain't running the football that well. He's going to take on an Eagles team that allows the fewest fantasy points to running backs. So, Pollard, though, Joe, he's only really had three duds on his resume. People talk about him like he's scoring two points a week in half PPR. He has four of seven games over 13 points. And I think he's Scott and 80 balls this week. Yeah, I think Scott and, and a lot of people have noticed one of the huge problems for Tony Pollard is the fact that the Cowboys literally have played one one score game. They've had one game decided by fewer than 12 points. They, they've they either been blown out or have done the blowing uh, out. <laughs> done the blowing out. Um, I, so I'm more interested here in what the Eagles are going to do with CeeDee Lamb. The commanders yeah, he's just going to go bit, berserk. The commanders eviscerated them over the middle of the field, but the Eagles were also breaking in a new slot corner. They used the rookie slot, the rookie safety, Sidney Brown there. Not sure how if, if that's a smart move against CeeDee Lamb. And they were also breaking in Kevin Byard, who was the new safety that they got. So that's two middle-of-the-field defenders who essentially they, well, definitely had never played together before, but were also in new roles. I wonder what they're going to do. Are they going to move Bradbury inside a, a oh. little bit? Are like um are they going to use Eli Ricks the uh that that is a huge question and CD Lamb's going to be incredibly popular on DFS slates especially because there's supposed to be a lot of points in this game too yeah and on the other side AJ Brown hottest receiver in football he goes over 125 yards just getting out of bed 
So this is going to be a good test, though. Even without digs, Dallas on the year allows the second fewest points to wide receiver. Maybe a Goddard game yeah. as Dallas is top eight in points allowed to the tight end. Dallas and plays this a is ton one of those of, games. Dallas plays a ton of man, though, and AJ Brown just crushes man coverage crushes it so and i mean like people are like what's happening to Devonte smith here's what's happened to Devonte smith why would you not throw the ball to aj brown when he's on literally the greatest heater in the history of, of the wide receiver position that that is a fact nobody's ever been on the heater that aj brown's on right now and Devonte got his last week too yeah and maybe another buy low opportunity i know some leagues i was in there were guys putting trade offers out there with Devonte smith in it what do you think of DeAndre Swift? Can he be a factor in this game? Philly wants to control the clock a little bit, take some heat off of Jalen Hurts. What's happened to to, to um, Swift is twofold, I think. Number one, um, Cam Jurgens, who is their right guard, is eligible to come off of IR this week with a foot injury. That would be big because um, Sua Apeta, who has been filling in at right guard, has not been very good for them. Uh, he's 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 held up but like if you saw Jalen Hurts under pressure last week it was likely Opeta who was giving that pressure up um number two Jalen Hurts he's not on the injury report I don't know how the Eagles are being investigated for this the way like the Falcons were being invested Jalen Hurts is 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 injured he is uh, all right players would say there's a difference between hurt and injured and I think Jalen Hurts mm -hmm. would say he's hurt right now um at least there's an explanation for why he looked a little slow at the beginning of the season. Now he's not running at all. And I think that's affecting DeAndre Swift as well. When Jalen Hurts is not the threat, like, all right, if Jalen Hurts is going to pull, we'll take it. The guy's on one leg right now. Yeah. We can have a defensive end to chase him down. I think that's, that's hurt DeAndre Swift as well. Not that DeAndre Swift isn't somebody you sit. You can't sit him, but I think that's what's affecting him right now. We got a playoff rematch on Sunday night football. It's the Bills at the Bengals. Bills brought in Leonard Fournette this week. Over the last three weeks, Bills running backs have combined for a target share of just 6.3. And James Cook has only 3.6 target share himself. So it's not a great sign for Cook. Uh, yeah. You know, Chris Weck pointed that out in his five stats to know. Over the first five weeks, Cook had a 10% target share. So Fournette isn't great, but he's good enough at all things running back to take a bite out of James Cook. Uh, and I know he'll probably take over more of the Latavius stuff and Damian Harris is all beat up, but you know, you don't bring like I like Leonard Fournette in and he doesn't have some kind of impact on James Cook. I don't buy that at all. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can make the, the, the argument that Dalvin Cook has had virtually no impact on Brees Hall, uh, but Leonard, I think Leonard Fournette, what they're going to do is they think he's going to be an upgrade on Latavius Murray and he's going to give them more at the goal line and in the passing game. And unfortunately, that's exactly where James Cook hasn't been getting used. And those yeah. are the calorie-rich, those are the calorie-rich fantasy touch. He's like I said, J James Cook's a six-pack of your favorite soda right now. He's a he's a fine treat. Every now and again, like maybe on a hot day, you know, like a hot like sometimes I'm not even a huge sprite guy, but like sometimes on a hot day, an ice cold sprite just absolutely hits the spot. That's James Cook. Like Every now and again, he's going to bust off a 35-yard touchdown run, and you're like, man, that Sprite was freaking awesome. And then, then you start drinking more of it, and then you're like, oh, that made me feel like crap because there's 200 calories in this can, and there's literally no nutritional value. That's what James Cook is. He is a sweet treat. He is really tasty. He is, he is fun, but there's no nutritional value to the touches he's getting right now. It's just empty calories, and that's what James Cook is for fantasy. And unfortunately, I think Leonard Fournette, they want him to take some of the heavy. Leonard Fournette's the protein shake in this offense, unfortunately, I think. Yeah, for me, that's a Bud Light Lime after you cut the grass. Nice ice-cold Bud Light Lime. Ugh, yeah, I, I, went with, I went with soda because alcohol has the buzzing effect, which some would say is better than, like, but yeah, like I, I the same thing. It's like drinking's not good for you no matter what. So the Bud Light line, even though you're yeah, that's that's a sometimes treat, that's kind of what he is. Uh another sometimes treat. Dalton Kincaid. Uh, Dalton Dalton Kincaid. He's, a, he's an all-the-time treat right now. He's he's yeah. he's a, he's part of a balanced breakfast right now. I mean, he's seeing seven or eight targets a week. If you get that from a tight end, hey, with the production he's given you the last couple of weeks, you're all about it. Bengals. You know, everybody's looking good here. Defense is really starting to click. Chase, we know he's a stud. Uh, Joe Mixon, nice week. 
last week. And, you know, we still barely have a pulse on Higgins, but I think it's just a, bit, a matter of time on him. So that buy low window is going to slam shut. This is a game you start everybody. Like we said, you yep. don't need a huge breakdown from us, folks. Just and Burrow's and playing MVP-level football. I mean, I, it, like, I, after how they looked the first month of the season, I can't believe I'm saying this, but, like, the Bengals might be the best team in the AFC right now. Like, that doesn't mean they're not – that doesn't mean they're going to be in January, and it sure as shit didn't mean they were in September, but right now they might be. This is a game Buffalo needs to win right here for playoff uh, positioning. All right, the Monday nighter Chargers come to MetLife to take on the Jets. Jets, Jets, Jets. This Jets offense run by Zach Wilson. I mean, what can we say? He's he's the worst. Brees Hall. He's going to get tons of run in this game because Chargers aren't great against the you know any running back at all. They're not great against anything. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Wilson, per the Everything Report, leads all wide receivers in first read targets. So if Zach Wilson's doing anything back there, he's just winding up and throwing it to Garrett Wilson. But he's so bad. I mean, that Giants-Jet game was so brutal to watch. I mean, Tommy DeVito, if you guys ever – he went to Syracuse. Trust me, I saw him get sacked for years. Zach Wilson was the worst quarterback on the field. And Tommy DeVito was told never to throw the football. That's how bad of a quarterback Zach Wilson is. Uh, uh, I don't care that they won the game. Uh, for the Chargers, tough matchup. I think you plug in your guys, let the chips fall where they may. Maybe we get more Quentin Johnson up- here because Palmer uh, probably yeah. not going to play. Yeah, um, that's, that would be a bummer for me because I, I need him. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, with the Jets, it's like, hey, like you, you play Brees and you play Garrett Wilson. And, and that that's at least the thing with the Jets, though, right? You have two guys that you can't sit, and for better or worse, and you hope they come through in a good matchup. Unfortunately for you guys out there, if you were a first coach fired better, which is now obviously the rest of them are void after Josh McDaniels won, this this could be a loser leaves town match for for if Brandon Staley loses this game on national television to a Jets team that everybody is begging the NFL to take off of national television, and they refuse to do it. Um like I cannot believe the Raiders and Jets are actually playing a primetime game next Sunday. Like that oh, might God. be the first one I sit out. It really might be uh, of, <laughs> of the year. But I mean, it, uh, Brandon Staley could be the second coach fired right now uh, if they lose this game to the Jets. Oh, it's going to be a fun one. Really fun docket of games for us here in week nine. We hope you guys out there have learned something here. If you enjoyed the two-point stance, make sure you go over to your podcast provider of choice. If it's Apple iTunes, leave us a nice five-star review. We appreciate it. Head over to youtube.com slash fantasy points. There's tons of great content there and enjoy all that. And if you still want to get in, you haven't yet over at fantasy points, code goo is gurific 25 still rolling, Joe? Of course it is. Of course, so 25. It's in the show notes. Yeah. So we're, we got 50% off already. We'll take another 25 off of that. It's unbelievable, folks. Get in for the rest of the year. Win your damn league. That's what we're all about here. Anything else, Joe, before we go out? Uh, J- Drake, I am just hoping you have a wonderful evening. I'm sorry about my dogs. They occasionally like to co-host my program with me. Um, they were, they were a little unruly today, but, uh, uh, I'm, uh, the mute button, fortunately, was was uh, was at my disposal. I'm going to the store and I'm buying some Jenny Cream Ale to put in the mail for you. All right, and you can I'll I'll send you a video of me pouring it down the drain. <laughs> All right, for Joe, I'm Drake and the dogs. We'll see you next time on the Two Points Dance. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.